Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my esteemed co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Mike, it was a strange week, wasn't it? Uh, it was a strange week. Like every week, uh, here in the beautiful United States is a strange week. I, I believe. I feel like it was even stranger this week. What? 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 Well, I think you're right because I did see that Jokey Noah pulled his pants down in the middle of a street. Is that is that where you were going, Tyler? I don't know, man. Luol Dang's looking like he's good at basketball again, if you saw that NBA Africa game. I love Luol Dang. Hero. Chicago Bulls hero. Um, that was a strange game. I'm, I don't know that you saw it, but... Um, I did not. I was busy um, looking at my Google alert that I have set up for Joe Kimnoa pulls his pants down. Oh, okay. There were like zero guards in that game, which was strange. They like forgot to take guards. And it was That's like all... All big men playing against each other, so it was that was just like strange. But the new, we're gonna talk about the Knicks NBA. Um, and Joakim Noah is almost their highest paid player this season. And is he gonna play one minute? That's the question. That's the Joakim cer- Noah question. It certainly doesn't sound like that is not my most interesting uh, point for the Knicks. But uh, we are doing our thirty teams uh, preview here during the preseason. I hope you've uh, enjoyed the teams that we've done so far we're trying to knock out some of these uh, less maybe less interesting teams here at the beginning so uh, stick with us we will be getting to the meat and potatoes later uh, as we approach the preseason but i hope you're enjoying it and if you like what you're hearing uh send us feedback and if you want to support the show we got a patreon now uh patreon.com slash watching the boxes and i want to give a shout out to some of our new patreon subscribers uh gordon hughes what's up respect joining our patreon uh subscription and uh, gordon hayward's brother is i don't think it is that's i don't think that's how names work oh sorry I think it's I larry it. hughes's brother oh dude if it was larry hughes's brother that would be cool gordon if you are larry hughes's brother can you let us know tweet us me at watch the boxes or tyler at tyler p watts that's w-a-t-t-s uh, and Dude, we want we anyway, want to interview you. Not. Yeah. Either way, even if you're not, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Uh, get us in touch with Larry Hughes. Either way. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to our other subscriber, uh, Tomas Peterson. Which it's it's not spelled like Thomas Peterson. It is obviously Tomas Peterson, but uh, it's the most foreign spelling of Thomas Peterson. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I like this guy more then. Yeah. Like, either he's funny that he's he's got his own foreign spelling of Thomas Peterson, or his name is Tomas Petrosen, and he's just actually from somewhere in Europe. Well, he can tweet me, too. Let me know where he's from. Yeah, either one of those things is cool, but I want to thank both Tomas and Gordon for being subscribers to our Patreon. They are going to be getting exclusive content uh, Tyler's rookie rankings are up there, and they are also going to be entered into one of our listener leagues. So uh, we got Tyler's Dynasty League and uh, Mike's Boring Redraft League. 
which is the probably the official name of that because we're only going to be doing nine cats and we're not going to be doing fucking double rebound double doubles and offensive rebounds we're not doing it we're keeping it already we're keeping it traditional so if you want to interest in that patreon.com slash watching the boxes let's talk about the next tyler other than joking noah and his uh fetish for nudity what is the most interesting thread going into the Knicks uh, this fantasy season? Well, I think the most interesting thing is is when does Porzingis come back, right? And, and what the ripple effects of that are. I mean, if, if we don't see Porzingis until January or February, you know, someone's going to have to step up and not only play those minutes, but take on that role of scoring, you know, 16 his 16 to 20 points a game, depending on how many minutes Porzingis is playing. Um, so that's really the kind of most interesting thing for me to look at is how healthy is Porzingis going to be. And when he's not healthy, right. Cause you got to figure, even if he's somehow by some miracle ready for opening night, they're probably not going to play him back to backs. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm some games. So really not sure he's going to be, he's not gonna be ready for opening night as far at least that, from some of the stuff I've read. The 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 thing most things I've read say that somewhere in in the 2019 portion of the season, right? Like January, February. So that's a good chunk of time missed, man. I mean, the season's going to kick yeah. off in middle of October. So but the Knicks had a weird season last year where uh, throughout based on injuries and uh throughout the season different guys stepped up and being part of that uh, starting lineup, Trey Burke, Michael Beasley, uh, obviously when Tim Hardaway came back, Courtney Lee, all these guys are like mediocre to okay fantasy players that would be, you know, you know, somewhere in that 50 to 120 range. And like, other than those guys, there wasn't anything going on on this team other than the, uh, you know, the pure dominance of, uh, of Venus Cantor, who anyone who's played fantasy before knows that he is a points, rebounds, and percentage stud. And once he had moved, I think we said this last year, once he had moved from OK City to the Knicks, we kind of pegged him pretty high up in our drafts. And I, I don't, was that one of the things we had an issue with uh, Mark Roberts on his rankings last year? No, uh, I think that we were saying like in the 60s and 70s, and he was top 50 in Mark's rankings. And I think we were kind of the first ones to say that maybe we were – that we were even – underrating him a little bit after his move right and then i think that worked out i think he did end up being a top 50 player so yeah um, we were i think a little Mark, i think we were Mark on the name you know, yeah and and mark's projections which are hashtag basketball.com uh we're probably more right and you know mark if you're listening come on the show we we uh we we, we want to talk about these projections you're obviously one of the best um Guys, so, putting putting projections out there for the fantasy league. If you haven't checked those projections out, uh, everyone, you should be doing that. He projects Przingis for sixty games. Sixty so games. He's, so he's projecting him back sooner than wow, January, I believe. Yeah, that would he would have to be. So um, I think that's generous. Um, don't you think the this could go a couple different ways? Um, if this team is terrible, so you know I, I failed to mention some of the changes in the New York Knicks. They did lose uh, Michael Beasley to the LA Lakers. Uh, Kylo Quinn, the uh, another fantasy um, 
kind of like a kryptonite type of player who's always getting picked up and then disappointing everybody with his playing uh, with his minutes. Uh, and they lost Troy Williams. They waived him anyway. And Mari Hazonia uh, came over from Orlando. Noah Vonley from your Chicago Bulls. And uh, Kevin Knox was drafted. Mitchell Robinson, who was kind of a stud in Summer League, drafted at number 36. So there are some interesting additions. And I think, to me, other than the Porzingis, those additions are the most interesting, uh, I guess, players um, or I guess most interesting fantasy thread for the Knicks this year because Porzingis is a crapshoot. If they're terrible, they're not going to rush Porzingis back, I would imagine. Well, and I mean, who who's going to win this team games, right? Like, yeah. I mean, say what you want about the Eastern Conference being down, but I mean, is Enos Kanter, Courtney Lee, Mario Hazonia – Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakino, Trey Burke, or Emmanuel Moutier, those is that lineup gonna win games? Like I don't know, but they're gonna play a lot of minutes. And when it comes to fantasy, you know, minutes per game is the most important stat. And you're gonna have Tim Hardaway basically the leader of this team. So Tim Hardaway is gonna be putting up a lot more shots. Tim Hardaway is gonna be probably handling the ball a little bit more. Uh, a lot more is going to be running through Enos, uh, Enos Cantor. He'll, he'll just get his like he usually does. So those two guys, I think, are pretty safe. Uh, those uh, You're safe in drafting those guys because even when Porzingis comes back, those two will still be on the court. They'll still be playing uh, good minutes. But I'm more interested in who's going to be playing point, who's going to be taking Porzingis' spot, and who's going to be playing the three. Like I, the, it's, it's a crapshoot. they got a ton of guards on this team and they don't have a lot of, uh, of good forwards. Oh, I'm with you there. Let's, I guess, Hmm. I don't even know where to start. Let's start with Trey Burke. I never thought I'd, I'd say that. Let's start with Trey Burke. You're the only one. I mean, they got Nilakina and Moutier. And of course your favorite Ron Baker. All these guys, not Ron Baker, but Nick, uh, Nick, uh, damn, I've already forgot how to say his name. I had it the first time. Frank Nilakina, Nilakina and Moutier are both like guys that they need to prove could play point. But Trey Burke was getting, you know, a good amount of the minutes last year um, at, at point guard. Is this just a, a giant log jam? that is not going to lead to any fantasy value? Or do you think they'll be heavily leaning on Trey Burke like they did at the at the end of last year? Well, I mean, new coach, right? Yeah. And, and Fisdale. So I think we saw points last year where all in all that I mean, like we were just chopping all these minutes up and – we really didn't know who to play, and that we did this sometimes. You know, it was a Nilakina game. Sometimes it was a Bird game. Sometimes it was a Moutier game. Um, it's the million-dollar question, right? Who is he going to favor? And here's the other thing I'll say, right? Like, none of these guys are old. Like, no. It's not, it's not like, ooh, well, we're going to sit you because we want to play our young players, right? Like, we got – Trey Burke is the oldest. Yeah, 25, right? Moutier is only 22 years old, doesn't turn 23 until March. And then Nilakina's barely 20, right? 
just turned 20 in July. So it's like they're all young. They've all shown little bits of stuff, right? None of them to me are like aggressively better than the other one. Even if they all, let's say in a weird world, they all got 30 minutes somehow. Like all their fantasy games, I think are uh, at least Moutier and Nilakina. Their fantasy games are pretty similar. And then Trey Young's fantasy game is a little bit better. He scores more, obviously, uh, but he doesn't get the the, the steals uh, that either Moutier or uh, Frank Nilakina are are capable of. Trey Burke, you misspoke. What did I say? Trey Young. Trey Young. I got Trey Young on the mind. We'll be talking about. Uh, we already talked about Trey Young. Um, no, we didn't. Yeah, we did. Oh no. No, we, we didn't. We haven't talked about Trey Young yet. I'm just... Atlanta's going to be a fun team to talk about. Atlanta is going to be a fun team to talk about. Much excited. more fun than uh, the New York Knicks. But if you had to draft one of, of these three players, I mean, who are you going to draft? So here's the here's my my reality right now. Okay. In, in a standard league, save an upside shot in the last round. I don't know that I draft any of these guys at this moment. Ooh. And here's why, right? Like the minutes averages for just their times in New York last season, right? So two of them played for New York the whole time, and and Emmanuel Moutier came over midseason. Twenty one point eight for Trey Burke, as far as minutes we're talking about. Twenty one point nine for Nilakina, and Bur and and Moutier was twenty two point four. Like I don't want anyone playing twenty two minutes in a standard ten or twelve team league, producing what these guys produced last year. Yeah, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not excited about any any of them when it comes to the minutes that they're going to play. I I think I'm with you. Um, the safest pick, in my opinion, if you if you really wanted to, if you really were, you're maybe in a bigger league. How about that? Because I I think I'm with you. Is like, are any of these guys going to finish in the top 120? And they if there's a world where none of them do. Oh, I think that's that's probably the case. I and mean, I think, yeah, that world is more likely. Now, is someone going to be ownable during next season? I think the answer is absolutely. At some point, they're going to just go with whoever is playing best. So down the stretch last year, it was Trey Burke. Trey Burke uh, figured out how to pass the ball, and he was actually looking pretty good. His steals aren't great, but his assists were up. Over those last two months, he was averaging almost six assists a game. So that, to me, was shocking because uh, Trey Burke has really never even gotten close to success a game. Uh, Trey Burke scores and, you know, got, has a good field goal percentage, and that's it. Like, I don't – like, even his field goal percentage is questionable But like because only over the last few years has he been able to, you know, get to the rim on a consistent basis and score around the rim and was taking better, having a much better shot selection. And is that just a, a mediocre player on a bad team getting his? Or is Trey Burke getting better? That's who you're hitching your wagon to is Trey Burke, really? I'm, I'm hitching my safe wagon. Uh, I will Trey agree Burke. with you that as far as, at least from what we've seen so far, best fantasy game is Trey Burke. Like, if they all play the same amount of minutes, I'd, I'd want Trey Burke. Yeah, because uh-huh. I don't trust uh, the shooting of so the other two. It, in reality, that's that's obviously maybe not going to happen. 
right? Maybe it could. It could happen. They Definitely could. The same, same amount of minutes. We saw it last year, right? I just read it. They yeah, all were relatively certainly could. Um, I think they're going to play Nilakina more. And so if it's a deeper league and you're telling me I have to pick a Nick or it's just that point where there's not much left on the board, I, I'm going to go with him, right? Recent lottery pick by the team. Um, at some point, you just got to play that guy a little more minutes, especially when you're not going to be very good. I mean, we've talked about the lack of talent and depth on this team, right? I think that eventually you just give that guy 30 minutes and let him run and you get what you get. All right. So I want to I wanna go through these guys. I think I'm with you with Nilkina that – if they're good to give someone a, a, a big shot, it's going to be him because he's the youngest. They, they spent a high draft pick on him. I'm with you for all those reasons. You know, fantasy wise, I just don't think he's that great of a player, but it is hard to pass up someone who's playing he, starters minutes as a point guard in the league. He ranks the best in Mark's rankings at 25 minutes a game. He mm. ranks 196th of those three players. That is the top man. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm surprised. That, that's a very tough um, projection because we just really, really don't know. And we'll probably know a little bit more as we approach the regular season. Well, and the the, the biggest unknown variable, too, is, right, new coach. Yeah. And we've seen this, you know, when, when coaches come in, that sometimes they favor a player that the old coach didn't. And we really have no idea which player that is going to be for Fisdale, but it's if it's going to be any at all. But it's also the same ownership. And as anyone who is a Knicks fans know, the ownership likes to get their hands uh, in the honeypot, stir things up, and they're terrible. And so even if the new coach wants to play someone and comes out saying they want to play someone, they might not be able to play that person uh, simply because ownership is just uh, is meddling where they, where they don't need to meddle. So I want to talk about the top guys on this team. We already talked about Canner and Porzingis. I think we're fine, but I want to play a little. Uh, where are you going to draft them? Because to me, this is really, really, really hard. Um, Kristaps Porzingis with the injury. Best case scenario, sixty games. Top twenty player when he plays. How far are you going to let him drop in the draft? Because I think he should be drafted in standard leagues. Oh, okay. So. W- w- this is another player I'm going to make one of those distinctions on. Yeah. Okay. In a deeper league where he's going to go, I'm probably not going to draft him. And and it's going to be for this reason. He's probably going to go somewhere around the top 50, I would guess. Yeah. People I'm thinking fourth round. Right. People know the name. People, Third round. Right. They love Porzingis. Right. So even if he goes like 45, right, like in a 16 team league, we're talking, that's your third pick. Like, if my third pick sits out half the season, I'm probably going to lose. So, in a deeper league, I'm probably not going to pick Porzingis at all where he's going. Yeah, I think anyone who's kind of um, been around the fantasy world knows that these injured players are a crapshoot. That if you reach for that injured player and they play even just 60 games, right? You've overpaid. And in a, especially well, in a deep league, by the time the round gets back to you, all the players that were even decent are all gone, and now you have a guy on your IR. Right. 
Uh, but there's always a price. And I, I'm and, thinking and if he does drop past the top 50, though, now I'm starting to be interested in him. Here's the thing, too, right? And this is kind of an underreported thing about injured players, especially guys coming back from a big injury like an ACL. His 60 games will also not be at the minutes we expect. That's true. Right? Like, he may eventually, toward the end of the season, get back up to the big workload we expect from someone like Porzingis. But starting off, he's going to play 15 or 20 minutes. Like, he's not going to be playing 35 minutes. So that's going to obviously lower his minutes per game for the season. Um, so where am I going to start looking for Porzingis in any league? Um, the 60s, I think, is a fair spot. Yeah. I personally still, even in that 60s range, see some guys a little bit lower that I think I'd rather have from – over Porzingis, uh, just for some injury safety, right? Like, who would okay? Rather, Nick, you'd rather have Cantor or Porzingis? Cantor. Yeah, I think Cantor once again, especially with the injury, Cantor's a top fifty player. I mean, if not, uh, I think people are kind of on Cantor now, so I, I don't know if you're going to be overpaying for him, but he's a top fifty player. Um, and then you know, just like looking down here in Mark's rankings, right? Like Mark ranks Porzingis sixty second. Uh, guys a little bit lower that I'd probably rather have than him. Enos Cantor's one. Um, Lonzo Ball's in there, which is a lot of people are going to jump for Lonzo Ball probably. Nah, I'm not interested. Nick Batum. I'd rather have Nick Batum than Enos or than Porzingis. Ooh, really? I, yeah, I just feel like Batum's due for a little bit better year. He's due and... for a bounce back, right? And we talked right. about that in the Charlotte episode. Um, we both are probably going to be getting Nick Batum on our hey, team. Here's the here's guy I think you're a fan of that's ranked below Porzingis. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Miritic. Oh. Um, man, that's a that's actually tough because you know Nico can kind of get hot, and so like he ends up being you know top seventy five player, but for parts of the season he can wander into that top forty. <laughs> Um, that's a, I think that's a pretty good uh, question mark. Like, do you want Porzingis down the stretch into your playoffs, or do you want Nico for the whole season? Here, here's another thing I'll say about. I'm probably take Nico. Here's another thing you I'll can say. Always trade. Yeah, that's here's another thing I'll say about injured guys too. I'm never one to jump on an injured guy. Like I told you, Mark said sixty games, and he ranks sixty second in his rankings. Yeah. Like for me, I'm thinking Porzingis plays more like forty five or fifty games. Or if so, he plays fifty plus games, twenty of those games are under twenty two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and and here's the reality with playing sixty games too. Like most guys who come back from an ACL don't play back to backs. Now. There's fewer back-to-backs this year and all that, right? The most te- any one team plays is 15. But, I mean, yeah. that's still missing. That means he comes back with, like, 62 or 63 games left, right? And he misses two or three games because he sits out of back-to-back. Like, man, I don't know. I, just, I don't think he comes back that soon. So I'm probably out on, on Porzingis for where he's going to go. That's fair. Um, I probably wouldn't feel good about drafting him until after, like, pick 75. And I just don't think he's going to last that long. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little closer to that 60-65 range, but I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. last year only played 57 games. 
Uh, in that 57 games with that extended work, you know, playing 33 minutes a game uh, on per game, nine cat averages, he finished 84th this year per game average, not totals per game average, Tim Hardaway above or below 84 in the rankings. Uh, above, I, I guess. Right. Like who else is going to score for this team? Especially when Porzingis is out. Well, Tim mean, Hardaway can score. We know Tim Hardaway can score, but he doesn't do anything else. And that's the kind of the problem with Tim Hardaway is that he can get a steal a game. That's cool. He he shoots three pointers. Okay, everybody does. But other than that, like I'm what am I what am I impressed here in a fantasy um like in a fantasy world? What am I impressed here with other than he's probably available later in your draft and he can score? That's always good. Other than that, if you don't need a scorer. I just think the the league around him has gotten better, and so, oh. so the the entire league around him it, 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 he's going to drop below eighty four. I mean that's that's fair. I don't. I'm not loving this guy. He probably won't really make it on any of my teams. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that. But unless I, people are just forgot he was even on the Knicks, then then maybe. But I mean, couldn't you see this guy? Well, Porzingis is out getting pretty damn near 20 points a game. Like, I mean, someone's got to score the points, right? Every yeah. team scores like 90 a game. I think Tim Hardaway will have I could to see- carry the workload, right? And so since he will be carrying the workload, he'll be more valuable at the beginning of the season than later. So he could be, but- if he's around late in your draft, a guy that you pick up knowing good and well, if he has a hot start, you can move him pretty quickly. But he's going to be bad percentages, I think. He's yeah. not really a good yeah. three-point shooter either. If you're playing the three-point percentage league, like he shot 31.7% last year. Well, Tyler, I don't. I don't play in a three-point percentage league. That's blasphemy. I'm just saying, man. Uh, so Mark ranks him 111th. Like, I, I'm fine with that. I actually think in the beginning of the season, he'll probably be better than that. Um, toward the end of the season, well, hopefully you traded him by then. Yeah, please do. Um, okay, the last question I have for this New York Knicks team. We talked about four starters. Who's the fifth starter? So I, I think really the fifth starting spot, right, comes down to Mario Hazonia against Kevin Knox. Yeah, both two very interesting players. Kevin Knox having an incredibly good-looking summer league, which means usually nothing. And Mario Hazonia, who has kind of been this who? guy that people have always had an eye on. For whether it's the right reason or the wrong reason, he he's never he's never kind of lost the allure of being uh, being an interesting fantasy player. Well, and he looked like complete nothing, right, for the first two years, and then last year, like he finally gave us a little bit of hope. Yeah, I think um, people were on their way out; they're on the way out the door, and all of a sudden. Uh, he was actually playing close to starters minutes, and people were like, "Oh, look at all these! You know, look at all these steals." You know this guy can this guy can really score like he's he's getting rebounds for his position that's pretty cool and on a team that doesn't actually have a four it's like who's who's starting in place of Porzingis I have no freaking idea Lance Thomas so there's another you know like is Kevin Knox gonna play the four so the beginning of the season is gonna be I think really really interesting for oh, the I Knicks. think I, th- I think there is a um, especially for deeper leagues there is a potential where Robinson or Knox or Hazonia or even Lance Thomas 
become standard league relevant at the beginning of the season because they just don't have any other choice. I think, okay, you literally see on opening night. Okay, so they could go Canner, Hardaway, Courtney Lee. Sure. And then that's, that's the boring and probable choice, right? Courtney right. Lee's going to play two. Tim Hardaway plays three or something. Right, and then they only need one spot, right? But I, I think there'll be a moment in this season where you see the starting lineup of Cantor, Hardaway, Knox, Azonia, and then whoever they decide a point guard. Yeah, and that to me is kind of a fun – I'm excited. I, I like that lineup. Um, Maybe Moody, a big, long point guard. That'd be cool. I think so, Nicolita is pretty long too. There's someone is going to <laughs> – Wait, did you say there? Huh? You totally butchered it that time. You were doing good. Nikolitskilia. Um, <laughs> Nilakina. So Nilakina. Nikolitsia. <laughs> Nikolitskilia. Um, so, so if you had to draft someone, are, are you going to draft any of these guys, Mario Zonia or Kevin Knox, or even uh, Robinson, who had a really good uh, beginning to his rookie season, who will definitely be the backup point guard or center? Jeez, backup center. Yeah. And we know, right, that Enos Kanter a lot of times only plays like 25 minutes a game. Right? Yeah. Be that foul trouble, be that he's getting roasted on defense a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a role for Mitchell Robinson, and I just hope they don't give it to Noah Vonley. Because I think we've seen that movie, and, and Noah Vonley's fine. He can get some rebounds. but Yeah, Noah Vonley's decent. But I'd rather see him play Mitchell Robinson, especially if they're not a comp- they're not a team competing for anything, man. Like, okay, maybe you get the eighth seed in the East, but if you do, that's bad. Um, Hazonia's – Mark ranks him 124th in his rankings in 25 minutes a game. So I will say that, right? That's that's a positive, right? That's a Stanley guy, according yeah. to Mark. Those steals – I mean, those steals help a lot. I think his Mitchell Robinson comps – I mean, he's only got him playing 15 minutes a game. So he's almost getting a block in 15 minutes a game. Here's, here's what I'll say for fantasy. You want it to be Hazonia over Knox. If those two are competing for, for the minutes, Knox yeah. is not a huge steals and blocks guy. So it's yeah, hard. The Knicks fans are really excited about Knox. And as a fantasy player, I'm not excited about Knox at all. Uh, but here's what I'll say about Kentucky guys, right? So uh, Mark will tell you this when he comes on the show, but I'll tell you now. So for his, rookie numbers right his rookie projections that he does they're based solely on historical comps for college stats right so like he looks at players with similar college stats and he historically comps them to the stats of the rookie um in saying that right we've seen a lot of kentucky guys do things we haven't seen them do in college can kevin knox do that i don't know sure what well, I mean, it's right? certainly possible. Um, um, yeah, so I don't really know. I, I, I like Kevin Knox. I liked what I saw. In, we've seen Mario Hazonia be nothing for three years. Um, with Kevin Knox takes that starting role and runs with it, don't don't be surprised one bit. It's um, the last round of a standard draft. You got Hazonia, Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Frank Nakalakalikutsa on the board. Are you taking? Are you t- taking any of them? And if you had to take one of them, who would it be? Uh, no, I, I don't see. I don't see any of those four being one of my 
Right. So like, I, I think you and I talk about this pretty much every year when we get the draft season, right? Like yep. we have five or six guys that you can have in the last round that we're like, damn, who do I take this time? You know what I mean? Like it's like all these names that you like and they're all available in the last round of a standard league draft. And you're just kind of like, man, I just want them all, but I only got yeah. one spot left. There's always someone or there's also multiple people who you're like, man, if that everything hits right for that person, he's a top 50 player. If everything hits right for all these guys, I'm not sure any of them are a top 50 player. I guess unless like Mitchell Robinson becomes like a complete I think Mitchell, dominant center. Mitchell but Robinson I could get enough blocks to, to push his way toward the top 50 if he got big minutes. But that would take if, a canter injury that we've never really seen, right? Yeah. Like, uh, or we don't really foresee coming. The guess the guy I'm going to bank on – is is Mario Hazonia, but I don't feel good about it, man. I don't either. I don't feel good about this next team at all. Obviously, some playing time is going to appear. So Hazonia looks like he probably will get that playing time. But if Kevin Knox gets hot, pick him up off those waiver wires really here's, quickly. Here's, here's this is a rough team. I'm not. I'm not terribly interested in anybody. Yeah, you can have like Bogdan Bogdanovich or Josh Jackson or like a lot of other guys. I'd much rather have than these. Mikel Bridges. I'd even take an upside shot on Mikel Bridges over all these guys, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. I think that wraps it up for the New York Knicks. If you like what you hear, please rate, review us, uh, tweet at us with feedback at Watch the Boxes at Tyler P Watts W A T T S. Uh, there's no four fours in it anymore, so everybody's real happy about that. And if you want to support the show, please subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/WatchingTheBoxes. Uh, we got Dynasty Leagues. We got uh, special uh, exclusive content. We're going to be doing a Q&A if you want to join that level of Patreon. So join up, and we'll see you for our next team. Thanks, everybody.